Welcome to the Carl Reader Show. So today on the Be Your Own Boss podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by one of the very few people in the world with only one name that I'm allowed to refer to her by. So please let me introduce Kiki of Kiki Kirby Coaching. Now, Hi. normally, Kiki, I would start by asking who is Kiki? But I'm actually going to start with, why is it just Kiki? Well, where do we begin? Hi, Carl. It's great to be on here. Thank you for having me. So why Kiki? So my full name is actually Angeliki, and I'm Greek. That's um, a mouthful, isn't it? It is a mouthful, hence the Kiki for short. Um, and so I've been known as Kiki since I was born, um, family tradition, and um, it's a long name for people, so hence Kiki. And I'm Kiki Kirby Coaching, but recently got married, um, so... My new name is Kiki Stanton, hence decided to just be Kiki. Fantastic. So Kiki, tell us, who is Kiki? So I'm a life and business coach um, and I initiate heart and mind change within people. And who am I? So I, um, let's start from the beginning, from so where midwife, I start. So the midwife held you up. <laughs> <laughs> not, not so much in the beginning there. So um, I grew up in Africa, in Zimbabwe, um, and I moved to the UK when I was 20. Um, grew up um, in a third world country, so completely different to the UK. And I hated school, um, didn't do very well at school. My mum actually passed away from cancer quite young, so I left school um, hating it. Um, but came to the UK um, and started on my journey um, literally from nothing, sure. um, not knowing what, what the world was like. So started in the world of HR recruitment um, and embarked on that journey, had a really successful journey in that, in that world um, and was a top performer. Um, my team was top performing um, and everything was working really well loving what I was doing success making money um, and there was lots of coaching and mentoring and working with global clients and then overnight I had a burnout and breakdown um, and that that will, will I'm sure will share lots of different things over that period of time and um, I guess I then started my, my own coaching business six years ago so embarked on the journey of, um, of helping people um, who are high performers, who are high achievers, wanting to start their own businesses or want to realign things externally um, within their lives and internally. Um, and so that's when I've been um, on, on the coaching journey. Um, life isn't always as it seems um, and life will always produce lots of different challenges. So during, uh, within the last year, I've also been on the cancer journey. Um, so lots of different setbacks, but I'm still standing strong um, and making the most of the life that I've got. Fantastic, fantastic. And it's been admirable to see your journey um, Thank you. through cancer. But if we rewind a little bit, of I'm course. sure we'll come back to that if that's okay. Perfect, yeah. Um, but we re rewind a little bit and I want to focus on what made you decide to become a coach? Um, what, what was it that drove you towards that decision? Because it's quite a risk, despite burnout, it's actually quite a risk to, to go out there, put yourself out there as mm. a coach. Um, mm there must be that fire burning inside you absolutely so if I great question by the way so if I look back to everything that I had done in my life um, from, from I guess teens up to to where I was when I made that decision was there was I was already I was already doing coaching in, in one form or of another within my team, within family, within friends. So I was already doing that naturally, but just hadn't labeled it as, as coaching. Um, I always had the passion to want to be an entrepreneur from a, young, from a young teenager. I used to sell things, I used to make money. So I already had that entrepreneurial spirit, um, but I just didn't know how to make it happen. Sure. 
Um, and I guess when, when coaching came my way in, in the sense of becoming a life coach or becoming a business coach, um, I just absolutely knew that that was the route that fitted for me based on all my previous experiences. And I think we all have lots of different experiences and it's only when we get to a certain point in our career that we think, actually, this is how I'm gonna label it based on my experiences. So it was brave, you are absolutely right. And it was courageous, but it felt right. And because I had already had a life of setting things up without uh, from scratch. Um, if I look at again my career, I'd always started from a blank piece of paper and made a success of that. Why wasn't this going to be a success either? Sure. So um, the process of setting up your own business, um, and we will touch on if it's okay some anonymised client experiences as well. Yeah. But for you, Kiki, uh, the process of setting up your own business. What is it that you wish somebody would have told you before you did it? Yeah, good question. So, um, so higher expert advice. Okay. So, so things like accountancy, um, business advisory, your own coach. So again, doing what I'm doing, I can't do what I'm doing without actually having coaching myself. Yes. Um, going on entrepreneurial courses to find out what's the best way to set your business up um, because it will cost you in the future if you don't do it properly in the beginning sure. um, I'm re, re so I'm six years on now and I'm re-looking at my processes and things that I missed out in the very beginning mm. to make sure that those processes um, are set up those foundations are set up because it'll cost you more in the future absolutely so tell me about your typical customers so that the listeners can really get an idea of your Great. business and picture it in their minds. Yeah. Um, tell me about a typical customer of yours. So, so probably let's caveat that with, I'm probably one of those very few coaches that didn't niche their business. Okay. Um, so again, in the world of coaching, and, and I guess mentorship, people say niche your business, niche your business, sure. get your ideal client. And I guess I decided not to very early on. Um, the reason for that is I wanted to be open to see what doors opened okay. for me. So I started with personal coaching, business coaching and youth coaching and the youth coaching just fell into my lap um, and that's been an incredible journey of, of coaching young people. Fantastic. So so my typical clients on the personal coaching side could be anything from, um, again, somebody in, in school, in university, wanting support around their career decisions, what they're doing, uh, self-limiting beliefs, um, depression, anxiety, all of those emotional challenges, right up to... MD level, entrepreneur, facing work-life balance issues, emotional issues, life struggles, transitions, it could be absolutely anything. Sure. Um, and then the business side of my coaching, again, that's quite niche, I, I would say. So that's on entrepreneurs, so startups. Um, I'm probably doing a bit less of startups recently. Okay. So it's more people who've, who've had a business one to two years, three years, um, entrepreneurial, the entrepreneurial side, and then also corporate. So sure. within the corporate space, that could be anything from bringing talent in because of my background in HR recruitment and sustaining a really, a really strong, successful team. Um, so how you bring those people in and then how you develop them and nurture them to make them um, be the best that they can be. Um, and I know we touched on talent earlier around your team being successful and um sure. so so i know you can probably understand that too um and then so on the business side but that's a space that i'm definitely exploring a lot more because i haven't really tapped a lot into my business uh, network um and, and my business clients from my past around what what the future is there so there's sure. definitely a lot of a lot of growth around working with people on talent on development 
on careers, on retaining your talent, on well-being. So, and it's so important for business owners as well. I know we're, we're kind of so diverting big. off of your business <laughs> yes. here, but um, for me, I certainly see that the stakeholder, if we do a stakeholder analysis of any business, hey, look, um, my business, I, I have what I call the five stars. Yeah. Um, and if you can picture a star with uh, the five different points and at the top of that star is the people. Yeah. Um, what do you see that most businesses get wrong when it comes to people? So there's many things, but I'm just going to pick a few for you, is the very beginning of when they bring that particular person on board is what's the what's the strategy around that person? So what what are they what are the skills that they want to um, want to bring into the business? So what happens is people don't look at that strategically within the team. Okay, so this is the team. As an example, a team of five. Um, Everybody's got the same skills but you go and recruit like for like sure. but in actual fact really what you should be doing is is recruit is looking to see what's missing within the team and so people then don't look at it that way they then recruit somebody and it's the wrong person and then they blame the person but in actual fact it's the person that's actually recruiting that person so i see that many a times then what happens that then affects the person's well-being it costs the business so much money but if it's done more effectively more um, strategic um, it's aligned the job spec aligns the talents align and it's done in that step process you're then more likely to then develop that person the way they're meant to be developed completely and i i find often when people are starting their business they tend to employ like them yep and then down the line um, as managers get newly promoted again the same thing comes in so it can affect the very smallest of businesses, yeah. but also the very biggest. Yeah. Um, what do you make of personality profiling? Do you feel that's a useful tool? Yes, absolutely. I, I would say it is a useful tool, not as a standalone. Sure. I think it should be as part of the process to help to help make sure that you're covering off competencies, personalities, skills, the whole process. Yes. But I do see a lot of clients, especially in that in the corporate space, using that as only as the as the um, as the decision making. Oh, it's crazy. It's mad. Yeah. Um, so for me, I mean, if I share what I do when I'm looking Great. to recruit, um, I actually have three questions that I ask, okay. and that's it. Um, yeah, they're not explicitly asked in the interview, so you wouldn't hear these verbatim, but this is what's going through my mind. Um, the first one is, will they do the job? It's not okay. can they do the job, it's will they do the job. Okay. The second one is, will they fit into the team? And then okay. the last one, and it's really the least important of all three, is can they do the job? Mm. Because I'm a big believer that you know, we tend to hire people on skill sets yeah. and technical ability, but we end up firing them on attitude or personality. Absolutely. And if, yeah. if they don't gel, it never works. Yeah. And I suppose those, and they're great questions, by the well, way. I, I can't take credit for them. I actually learned about them from Tony Robbins. Okay. So I, I can't remember, it must have been one of his audio books, and mm. I thought, well, I'm going to nick that. Yeah, no, that that is good. Do you use anything else alongside that, or those your three? Yes, yeah, so um, we use disc profiling. Okay, great. Um, again, I use that too within my business. It's, on, it's only part of it because if we were to look at, so if I take the core business DNT, if we were to look at the um, the core personality profile that an accountancy firm should expect to have. You know, it's um, probably mid-range D, mid-range S, high C. Yeah. Um, for those listeners who aren't aware, it's dominance, influence, stability, and compliance. It's a great way of understanding people's personalities. But you know what? I, I can't hang my hat on those because I'm high D, high I. Um, everybody's different. Uh, and whilst a mix of personalities is useful, you also need to, under- I believe, you need to understand 
how the personalities work with each other. Absolutely. Um, and it's more about self-awareness of your own personality yeah. and how that interacts with others. Um, but also, if there's not a culture fit, a vision fit, a value fit, then yeah. it, it just doesn't work. Absolutely. And, and those things, at times, can be really challenging to get out of in just one interview. Yes. So I would say, again, your interview process needs to have a number of different ways for you to get that information out of that individual. Yeah. Um, and people can gain interviews, can't they? Absolutely. I'm Absolutely. sure you must have seen that in your HR yes, days. Have you got definitely. Any, any stories? Um, yeah, many, I guess. So, uh, But I I love interviewing, so I've always made sure that my interview process has, has covered all the aspects so that you can see if somebody isn't, if there's going to be any surprises in the sure. closet. Um, but I can't think of anything specifically now, but it might it might come to as, we, as we're doing the interview. But, yeah, no, no but all sorts of... Um, all sorts of things you know you can always tell if somebody's not being honest so mm. I would always throw some really killer questions in um, towards towards the end but I mix my, my questions in around competencies throwing some personal questions in again you've got to be really careful around those personal questions yes. uh, biographical questions but making sure that there's a balance within all of those questions that you're that you're asking taking the person out of their comfort zone that's something I do um, and again, that comes in in coaching, but getting them out of their comfort zone in that short space of time. Okay, so I, I know we, we weren't originally no. uh, planning to talk about HR, but yeah. do you know, I think um, you, you've obviously got a wealth of knowledge that will be a benefit to the listeners. Mm. Um, could you give some examples of some killer questions that people yeah. could use either in interviewing staff members, um, but again, mm. they could be used more widely, so in yeah. sales conversations and so yeah. on. So I would say it, it is to keep it as simple as possible. And I think when people are interviewing, they tend to use these long-winded questions, but it needs to be really simple. So tell me about tell me about how you started your career. Tell me about how you made that decision to start your business. Sure. Tell me how you made that decision um, to get to where, where you've got to. Um, tell me about what you do outside of work. Um, how, what's been the most um, challenging thing that you've faced recently in your career? If I had to contact your director, um, what advice would he give you? What, what advice, what, what feedback would he tell me about yourself? So I start with that question and then I start to funnel down. So, okay, so that's what your director says. And half the time people say, oh, he says I'm really good or, or it's really, really positive. And then I funnel down, okay, how, what would your wife or husband say? What would your children say? Fantastic. And it starts to open up and, and, and layer. You start to remove mm. those layers. So the person's starting to get comfortable and you can see they're getting comfortable. Um, and you're starting to unpack some of those things that maybe perhaps they wouldn't That's share. That's amazing advice because most interviewers will ask you something along the lines of what's your biggest weakness and the bullshit I answer. I don't ask that. The bullshit answer comes out, doesn't it? Let's Absolutely. Be, excuse my French. Yeah. But how we answer it is, well, you know, sometimes I'm a perfectionist and I try yeah. and do things too well. It's um, nonsense. It's it, not the truth. It really is. And it's almost like a um, you've read an interview playbook, yeah. both sides, yeah. and you're just playing that chess game yeah. that, that actually doesn't benefit either yeah. side. Yeah. And I, I would say you need a balance of those questions that I was talking about. So competency, biographical. So the competencies will be focused around, around the actual skills, and 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 um, things that you need in the job. Then your biographical. So where where how they've got to where they've got to. Um, some some hypotheticals. So do you know what, Carl? If you were to come and work in Kiki Kirby Coaching, what would you come and do within my business? How how would you approach um, building my my online brand? Sure. So so really getting them hypothetically um, to think about things because 
quite and especially in the way the market's moving at the moment is there's no longer jobs for life if you no. think about it, everybody's got portfolio careers especially the young talent coming in leaving school and university they want flexibility they want freedom so if you're not offering that you're not going to retain that talent so it's about identifying from those young people and, and from people what's important to them and how they want how they want to get the most out of their their careers um and and also how um, how you can support them to get to where they want to get to um, so those hypotheticals they won't have that experience but it's about you finding out will they have the right attitude will they have the right um, communication will can you put them in front of a client so by asking those hypotheticals you're really starting to see how they perform and their behaviors another killer one that i love asking is you know talk to me about how you set your day up mm. um you know are they organized in the morning sure. is there because again that will tell me a lot around around their personality types from in the morning you know how will they be when they're coming to work are they already unmotivated before they've even started the day how do they feel on a sunday night <laughs> jo- Kiki, i'm so glad you've <laughs> never interviewed me i would be jobless <laughs> i'm sure you wouldn't but maybe we could try it once <laughs> fantastic fantastic so that, that's been really really insightful and you know, you can tell that's the magic that you bring to this world. Uh, you, you've honestly got something there. Thank um, you. I'm sure that the listeners have really appreciated that. Now, if we can move back to mm. your personal journey. Of course, um, yeah. So the cancer journey, tell us a little mm. bit more about that. Yeah, so so it's still quite raw. I'm, I'm, I'm mm. not long in remission. I've just had a scan last week. So, you know, I'm waiting to see how everything is. Um, but I guess, do you know what? You never think it's going to happen to you and then it, it happens to you so um, there was so much going on at the time I my business was on a massive growth I'd actually been working with DNT we were talking about how we were growing and and we had some things in place there was some really positive things going on Um, I'd done a fair bit of traveling so I was in the States for some work and I'd been in France I'd got engaged to somebody I went to school with he'd taken me away Um, and I had a cough and I'd been tired for quite a while, but you think it's because you're working, lots of time differences. Um, and I'd been out of breath a little bit, but you think you're unfit, so so that's that. Went to the doctor, had a cough, they did an x-ray, was a bit concerning. Three days later, I'd had my lungs drained, they'd picked up, I had a oh tumour. And then two weeks later, I was having chemo, and I'd, I, I'd had to have my hair cut and, and everything. Wow. So it was very quick. So... Um I, I, I don't really know where to start with this. What, what was going through your mind? Um, I, yeah. I can imagine being, you know, I guess it's being a stereotypical man, um, but my life would be falling apart of that moment. Yeah. So, so I guess that there were so many factors there was being told stage four cancer, losing my hair, I was getting married three months later. Okay. Um, my business, obviously, I had, I had an online program with people in the States on and, and in the UK. So there were so many things. But I think what I had to do at that time was just focus on where I was at that particular moment mm. um and and i thought i suppose that also taught me so much around you've got your plans and you've got your goals but often you've just got to concentrate where you are right now yeah. um, and take each step as it comes because you don't know what the bigger picture is no. going to be no. um, and i guess it also made me think do you know what i have got to fight this because um 
because I've still got a lot I want to do. There's mm. lots of dreams I want to do. There's so lots of to give. exactly, um, and I'd already loved life to the you know I, I live life. I've always lived life to the full, um, and it made me even more determined to live life to the fullest. Um, but it is another world going through that. You see things that you never imagined you would you would see, um, and it just shows us all of us. You know, people listening on on on, on the podcast, um, we will all face life challenges. But it's how you get through them yes. that matters. It's the attitude you've got to that. Um, so during that, I set up um, a blog um, around finding the joy in the cancer journey every day. And that made me find joy every single day, whether it was one particular thing um, out of there. But lots of learning through the process. Um, and, and probably one of the biggest things is making sure that your your health is the most important thing. And I think mm-hmm. as a business owner, especially when you're starting out, um, you probably haven't got a work-life balance and that's something I coach a lot on in, in corporate spe- in the corporate space and also with entrepreneurs is having that work-life balance sure. and making sure your health is number one because you can have a successful business making lots and lots of money but if you haven't got your health it doesn't you're matter not, you're not going to be around to enjoy it mm. no that's um I'm sure that's a wake-up call for many of the listeners Definitely. um it's you know, it's inspirational to see that you're you're back here fighting, Thank you. and Thank you. you know there is um, there is life after such a traumatic event as well. I think Definitely. that I think that's something that people should take away. Yeah. So we're going to dive into some rapid fire questions. Okay, let's go. Okay. I'm ready. And this is where we have a bit of fun. So okay. we'll ask just some fun questions to find out a bit more about Kiki. Okay. I can't say Kiki Kirby or Kiki Stanton, <laughs> can I? So no. Kiki, yes. Um, what is one thing, apart from your surname, that people don't know about you? <laughs> okay. I love stationery and I love laminating. Wow. <laughs> I say wow because my wife is exactly the same. Is she, she bought a laminator recently yeah? and she's laminating everything. Uh, that's me. I will laminate everything. Why? Why? Because I think, do you know what? It might be the process. It might be the creativity. Um, I remember I had this really expensive laminator. It broke. And then I went and bought this £9.99 Tesco value one. And I've still got it now. I love it. Um, but I think it's because it, it, it shines everything. It puts sure. it all in order. I just love it. It's therapeutic. You know, as it goes through the hot machine, it comes out different. Excellent. Transformation. Fantastic. So... I'm actually going to dive into what is normally a later question. Okay. But you're not allowed to answer laminator. Okay. What is the best purchase that you've made for sort of around 50 quid or less over the last six to 12 months? Mm, Good question. Okay, it's, it's more of... It's more of a monthly cost that I've got now, but getting a membership for a spa. Okay. That's got a whole, um, that's got a gym, membership facilities. That has been life-changing. Best, best amount of money that I spend every month on myself. But the key is using it, not paying for it. Absolutely. (laughs) And and, and I, I suppose I make the most of using that purchase and I do I go at least most days um, if not most days at least three to five times a week definitely and I can you can check my diary to believe me there brilliant brilliant if you were to set up a mastermind group so Mm. it can be people who are dead or alive fictional non-fictional who would be the three people that you would invite Um, Oprah okay I've met Oprah. Have you? Yeah, out in the States. Oh, um, how exciting. When was that? Three years ago. Okay. They love her out there. Yeah, they, they do. I her. do love her stuff. Um, so her, um, 
Ooh, the other two. I need to pick wisely here. Yeah? You do. Um, maybe Brene Brown. I seem to be connecting with lots of her things recently. Do you okay. know her? No, I don't. No, no. Tell, so tell she's um, she's also in the coaching development space. Okay. Um, very heart centered things. Definitely check her out. She's sure. just written a book, um, Dare to Begin. I think it's called. Okay really good so probably her and maybe this one which will be very random i'm sure for, for people listening in but probably jesus okay um lots of controversial stuff around faith and religion um so so probably him to throw Fantastic. a spanner in there around something different well, do you know i can't i can't think of somebody who would be better to have on the <laughs> table um i i know mine um who would yours, yours be yours are controversial so mine um, I would typically go for, so if there's three people, okay. I would look for a politician who can inspire people. And this is where it gets controversial. I would be going for Trump, Trump or Corbyn. Interesting. I don't Interesting agree with choices. either of their politics. However, they've been able to embrace a mass movement and get people Treatment. behind them whilst coming out with some absolute rubbish. Mm. So, so it would be one of those two. Yeah. Um, I would look for somebody in the personal development space. Okay. So who would that be probably for you? Probably Tony Robbins. Okay, I thought um, you would pick that. Yeah, probably Tony Robbins. However, um, I would also, on the short list, would be Tim Ferriss. Um, okay. Because of the, you know, his books are okay, but actually it's the wide amount of experience that he's got through the people that he hangs around with, mm. the people that he knows. Um, so he would be a possibility and the last one would be a comedian and who would that uh, be because you'd need to lighten it up a little bit <laughs> and the comedian you now that that's where it becomes um very interesting so I, i'm a big fan of um effective communication okay. i've actually been on comedy courses um Great. didn't complete them as you could probably tell <laughs> um i i really do enjoy understanding the process of comedy more than the output um it would be really tough to pick which one. Mm. I would have to think about that one. Okay, so some good but choices. There, would be, yeah. there are some fantastic choices, mm. uh, but it also wouldn't necessarily be the most obvious ones. Um, you know, some of the funniest comedians are actually not not the ones up on stage speaking to tens of thousands of people. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you a little um, a little secret there. So I get some of the comedy, but I don't always get it, um, and that could be because where I'm from sure. uh, we don't always get the sarcasm we don't yes. always get that sort of comedy so maybe you can teach me a thing or two well and you know I, I'm actually one of my future guests Sarah Archer is a lady who runs comedy classes okay. so make sure you listen to her okay. podcast she'll give Definitely. you some tips um, but yeah you're certainly if um, English isn't a native language if, if there's challenges and the cultural nuances and so on it can become difficult because um, comedy is all about diversion and um, playing on words yeah so it's um it's an interesting science behind how it works but then it develops into the science around storytelling mm. which is where the politicians come in um and then self-help is all about storytelling to yourself absolutely it's the way we speak to ourselves absolutely so um next question what is the book that you recommend the most to other people Ooh, so the list is massive i, I read at least two books a month okay um whew. so you, you can have more than one yeah. as long as they're good okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so the one i've read quite recently has been daniel Priestley's book okay. um Which evolution one? okay so that's the one the it's called revolution yes yes yep. yeah. 
Um, another one quite recently has been um, The Entrepreneur by Chris Duckett. Okay. So Have you heard of that one? Um, you, I've, entrepreneur. Heard, I've heard of him, yeah. um, but Daniel Priest is a fantastic yeah. book. Um, he actually says about making contact with people. Yeah. I picked up the phone after reading it. Great. Um, had a lunch with him and we've known each other ever since, stayed Great. in touch. Um, that book has got some really mm. strong lessons in there. Definitely. But... I suppose if depend what I would say with your, your personal development books or whatever you're reading business related is identifying what's lacking for you right now and approaching those books. I know mm. I've got a big list of books um, that I want to read, but I, I work with what I need to work with sure. at that time. So another book, Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. That's a okay. great one. But that one I read quite early on in my career. Uh, another one by Oprah. Um, what I know for sure, she talks about all the things that that if she started over, what what was important sure. that's really and she had quite a diverse um challenge in her yes. career didn't she what else mm. i'll think of a few more fantastic fantastic so there are some great recommendations the final rapid fire question okay very simply this what is the one tip that you'd like the audience to take away is to push through your struggles regardless of how bad they seem because there will be light at the end of the tunnel and every step counts the ones you take and the ones you don't take fantastic and i can't think of a better person to give that tip so kiki thank you so much thank you so much for having me on here thank you for listening to the carl reader show if you enjoyed it please subscribe and tell your friends This podcast was brought to you by our sponsor, D&T Advisory, helping you unlock the magic in your business by adding value, not numbers. Find out more at www.team-dt.com.